chapter 1, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 1. And we've got all kinds of stuff back there on that table. That's kind of the promotional product. But we also have some stuff that will really invest in your life as well. There's a couple CD series and different things like that that I believe will be a blessing to you. So be sure to stop by there and check that out. That's a, you know, when you're going back there and you're grabbing your mint, that's usually why people go back there is go ahead and grab their mint. That thing's pretty much empty by the end of every service. Sometimes we've got to fill up. And yeah, that's all right. That's all right. You don't want to talk to me when I've got my coffee stuff going on. And so go ahead and get your mint. But while you're there, go ahead and stop by and peruse the area and take a look at what is available to you. Amen. Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 19, very simple verse. Some of you have probably heard it before. It says, if you are willing and obedient, everyone say willing, willing. And, obedient. and obedient. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I remember uh, Kenneth E. Hagin, you, you know, had a great story that went along with this verse. Uh, he uh, pastored uh, in, in ministry for about 12 years. God called him out of pastoring and called him to go out and travel uh, and be an evangelist. And uh, so he obeyed. He got half the equation right. He obeyed and went out and um, found out it was a little tougher. You know, as a pastor, he had a parsonage. Uh, bills were taken care of. Uh, had a set income. Was able to be home with his family all the time. Those different kind of perks. And uh, so he goes out on the road, and all of a sudden, you know, he's having to take care of his own house, take care of his own bills. He's traveling. Half the people don't even pay him when he travels and ministers. He's away from his family a lot. And so after a few months of this, you know, he's beginning to wonder, God, you called me out to do this. Uh, and your word says, I'm going to hold you to your word. It says, if you are willing and obedient, I'd be eating the good of the land. And I can't say that I'm eating the good of the land right now. This is a little tougher than the good of the land. And uh, God said, well, go back and read the verse again. And so he said, okay, fine. I'll, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. He said, God, I, I, I've obeyed. What's the problem? He says, you got the obedience part. You're not willing. And he said, don't, take me a long, don't tell me it takes a long time to get willing. It took me about 10 seconds to get willing. And he began to see things shift in his ministry. And I want to talk about your will tonight. And the title of my message is, You Will. You Will. I want to talk about our will. Uh, we, my wife and I, when we went to Tennessee a few weeks ago, uh, the minister that was ministering to us there uh, at this pastor's uh, conference that we were at, uh, he made this statement. He said, the number one thing the devil is after is your will. The number one thing the devil is after is your will. Because if he gets your will, he gets you. See, you do, you do whatever you will to do. Your will has to come first. You do whatever you will to do. And our results and our accomplishments in life, you know, honestly, guys, you know, we uh, as believers, we talk about God's will a lot, don't we? I just want to know God's will. I want to, God, show me your will. We want, we want to know God's will. But God's will, I think he's about to throw this up on the screen. God's will is only possible through your will. The only way to God's will is through your will. If you want to see God's will come to pass in your life, you have to 
get your will in alignment with his will. And so our will is very important. Now, most of you know, most of you know uh, that we are a spirit. We possess a soul. And we live in a body. So we are a triune being. We are a three-part being. We are created in God's image. God is the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And so he created us in three parts, spirit, soul, and body. And the soul is uh, what many of you may have heard before is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. That is your soul realm. And although we are always... Uh, trying to either train our spirit or we're training our flesh, one or the other, our will is determined by one of the two. Your soul realm operates based upon which one is stronger, your spirit or your flesh. And so your will, your will will line up with that which is stronger. Your will, the strength of your will is determined by are you training your spirit or are you training your flesh? And so when we're talking about our will, we're talking about the part of us that wills to do a thing. Now, I did not use, uh, you know, you've probably heard a lot of people say you can do anything you want. You do anything you want. But I said you can do anything you will. And we cannot confuse will with want. Want is reactive. Want says, when I get it, I'll do it. Want says, when I get it, I'll do it. But your will is proactive. Your will is proactive. Your will says, because I want it, I will go get it. Your will doesn't sit around and wait for things to happen. People that want things wait around for things to happen. You want to lose weight, but what are we putting into action? But people that say, I will lose weight, what do they do? They start getting things out that's going to put them in a posture to lose weight. You want to do better with your finances, uh, but we still spend the same way. But people that will say, I will start saving. I will cut up credit cards. I will stop paying for this. I will start doing this. Your will is proactive, but your want is reactive. So we can't confuse our will with our want. You can want all day long, but it's those that will to do a thing are the ones that accomplish the result. I believe God is a, is a results-oriented God. I, I believe at the end of the day, God wants to see his will accomplished in our lives. But his will accomplished in our lives is a matter of lining our will with his will. You have to will to see God's will in your life. You can't just want to see God's will in your life. You've got to will it to happen. So your will is a part of your soul. Your soul is determined uh, uh, by your spirit or your flesh. And the only way to God's will is through your will. The only way to God's will is through your will. So then our goal is, is to line up our will with God's will. You'll never see God's will accomplished and come to pass in your life according to your will. It won't happen that way. God's will doesn't happen in your life according to your will. God's will happens in your life when you line your will up with God's will. Obedience responds to willingness. 
Obedience responds to willingness. Isaiah 119 again, it states, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Obedience responds to willingness. What we've got to recognize is we're always obeying something. Disobedience to God is obedience to something else. Disobedience to God is obedience to something else. Uh, you know, I, I love it when those people say, you know what, I don't want to be a Christian, I don't want to believe it, I just want to do my own thing. I want to do what I want to do, right? Well, the funny part is you're not even doing what you want to do. You're doing what the devil wants you to do. You're always obeying one of two masters. You're always giving uh, your obedience and your submission to somebody. If it's not God, it's the other side. If it's not light, it's darkness. If it's not peace, it's hate. If it's not, if it's not faith, it's fear. You're always operating in submission to one or the other. Even when you think you're doing your own thing, you're still doing what somebody else wants you to do. And the funny thing about it is the enemy disguises it as you're doing what you want to do. That's where the deception shows up. With Eve, he made Eve seem like disobedience to God was self-rule. But disobedience to God was simply obeying what the snake wanted to do and wanted to accomplish. So our question is then, in our obedience, whose will are we accomplishing? In our obedience, whose will are we accomplishing? Who's willing us to do that? Because our, our obedience always follows willingness. Our obedience always follows willingness. These are things we've got to recognize if we want to see God's will in our lives. Obedience is the action but willingness is the heart. Obedience is the action. But willingness is the heart. Obedience is what shows up on the outside. And, and some of you parents have probably seen this. You've seen, some, you've seen your child obey, but not with the right heart. Isn't that identifiable? Isn't that just easy to see? Fine. Share. Let go of the toy. Let go. The outside says action. The inside says no. The outside says I'll obey. The inside says nah. Right? And so he's saying here that it's the action with the heart that causes you to eat the good of the land. See, God sees all of it. You can't fool God. You can't fool God. You can't obey God with the wrong heart and get away with it. He sees it. You may remember uh, God talking to a man, a prophet named Samuel, and he's looking for the next king of Israel because we had a man that uh, uh, wanted to sacrifice, and Samuel had to tell King Saul uh, um, obedience is better than sacrifice. This was the guy that just... He didn't have the right action or the right heart. He missed it on both fronts. But then he goes over to a young man named David, 
And Samuel's saying, are you sure this is the guy? You know, all his other brothers, man, they look qualified to me. It looks pretty good on the outside. And then God tells Samuel what? Man looks on the outside, but I, God, looks at the heart. See, he doesn't just see the obedience. He sees the willing and obedience. He sees both sides. And so we've got to be careful that even in our obedience, it's with the right heart. Because it's the heart that will mess us up. And it's not even the action. It's not even the action. Obedience without the right heart is disobedience. Because at the end of the day, guys, God isn't just wanting you to do something. He's wanting you to be something. God doesn't just want you to do right with your finances. He wants you to be right with your finances. That's why he says you got to be a cheerful giver. He could have easily said God loves a giver. Right? Could have easily just put that in the Bible. But what does he say? God loves a cheerful giver. Giver, not a fearful giver or a tearful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. What's that? That's obedience, action with heart, willingness. God loves a cheerful giver. So he's looking for the willing and the obedient. Those are the ones that enjoy the good of the land. Speaking of David, he said this in Psalm chapter 145. Psalms chapter 145. Verses 1 and 2 says this, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. This is David speaking. David, uh, the prophet Samuel was spoken to of David and said, God looks uh, uh, on the inside. God looks at the heart, not just on the outside, right? What was the other thing that God said about David? He is a man after my own. Aligning your will with God's will will bring you closer to God's heart. Aligning your will with God's will will bring you closer to God's heart. It's about the heart of the matter. Aligning your will with God's will will bring you closer to God's heart. And David was a man even when he did mess up and he messed up pretty bad. I mean, he messed up pretty rough, man. But yet God is still able to say this. Why? Because when disobedience was recognized, he was quick to get willing. He repented. He got it right. What did he do? He didn't just change the outside. Okay, I won't sleep with her anymore. No, he changed the inside. He changed his heart. The heart's got to change. God's after the heart. So the enemy is after your will. If he gets your will, he gets you. Whenever you quit being willing to do a thing, it quits producing the result for you. If you're not willing to go to the gym, then it won't produce the result for you. If you're not willing to eat right, it won't produce the result for you. If you're not willing to get your finances under control, it won't produce the result for you. The result is determined by our will to do our thing, not by our want. How many of you have wanted something that's producing nothing for you? You can keep your hands down. That's all right. I'll leave a lone one up here and say, yeah, there's a lot of things that I've wanted and it ain't producing. Why? Because I wasn't willing to get in alignment. Let's look at Jesus here. John chapter 5. David was known as a 
man after God's own heart. Not because he obeyed on the outside because he was willing on the inside. It's the will of a man. The will of a man. John chapter 5, verse 30. I can of my own self, myself, do nothing. Man, we, we need to get that. We need to print that out. We need to get a flyer made. We need to get banners. We need to put that in front of our dashboards and on our mirrors. I can of myself do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. If Jesus of himself can do nothing, I sure can't do anything of myself. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. Now, see, this always bothered me. I do not seek my own will. It's weird to think that even Jesus, the Son of God, walking on the earth, could have his own will. That means he could have a will that differs from God's will. Isn't that interesting? But he says, I do not seek. What you will to do is determined by what you seek after. Even Jesus had to be deliberate and purposeful in his life to seek after the Father's will. How did he do that? Well, he's been up praying a long time. He's been up all night praying. He's been uh, uh, hearing the voice of God above other people's voices. There were times where his will had opportunities to do a friend's will. Uh, Had opportunities to do a family member's will. Had opportunities to do even the devil's will. In Matthew chapter 4 when he's tempted. But no, he says, I do not seek my own will. But the will of the Father. That's a continuing sentence. He's saying, but I seek the will of the Father who sent me. If Jesus had to seek his Father's will, how much more us? If Jesus had to be deliberate day in and day out saying, today I'm going to seek the Father's will. Today I'm not just going to do the Father's will. I'm going to seek the Father's will so I can do the Father's will. Because that which I seek after, I will do. See, Jesus had the same thing that you and I say every day. God, I just want to know your will. Father, I just want to know your will for my life. I want to know your will, your purpose. What's my destiny? What, what, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to talk to today? What do you want me to say to those people today? I want to know your will. Jesus, had the, he, he woke up with the same endeavor, but he had to seek it. Uh, just one chapter over in John chapter 6, he, he's got another verse here. Verse 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will. But the will of him who what? Sent me. Again, I can of myself do nothing. Guys, we gotta we gotta recognize we've been sent here. So the one who sent you has your will. Has a will for you, has a purpose for you. We've got to seek the one who sent us. But the will of him who sent me. Father, I want to know your will because you sent me. Therefore, you must have a reason you sent me. That's what, that's what will is. Will is purpose. Will is, 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 is reason. Will answers the question, why? If you want to know why, you need to find someone's will. Why did they make that? It's because they willed to do this. 
And so God's will for your life will answer your purpose, will answer your destiny, will answer, it'll even answer the troubles and the trials you go through. As we see here in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is about to endure the greatest trial of his life. Jesus is about to go through the most painful, horrible thing, but the will determined the purpose. Even the trial was in God's will. Isn't that interesting? The thing that we neglect and the thing that we fight off was the very thing that Jesus had to embrace to know the Father's will. And so he has this conversation. I want to start with the whole conversation here in verse 38. Then he said to them, his disciples, my soul, 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 my mind, my will, and my emotions are sorrowful even to death. My soul, stay here and watch with me. Verse 39, he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, as I will, but as you will. Not what I will. He doesn't say not what I want. He says not what I will. Because even though I might not want this, I'm still going to will to do it. You can will yourself to do things that you don't even want to do. We got to be people that strengthen our will. When we can strengthen our will, we'll overcome what we want and what we don't want. What you want and what you don't want uh, won't even, you know, most of the people that I talk to uh, that train in the gym, they don't want to. They don't enjoy waking up early. I mean, there might be a side of them, you know, that, that there's an enjoyment side to it. I understand that there are some people out there like that. But at the end of the day, if there was another way to look like this and not have to do all this, you would probably take it. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me, Travis. If there was any other way, you would skip leg day. If there was any other way for me to get legs like that, then I, I would do it. I would take it. If there's a pill, if there's a, if there's a book I can read, a, a website I can visit, a machine I can buy. That's why infomercials are so popular because they've got people that want to do it another way and still accomplish the same result. Wanting and willing accomplish two different results. <laughs> That's just all there is to it. And any, any little machine or anything they can come of that feeds your want versus your will usually won't be as productive as the will. At the end of the day, dude, you're just going to have to get in the gym and lift it. Right? And so you've got to strengthen your will. You've got to strengthen your will to overcome your wants. He says, not as I will. Why is he having this conversation? Why is he having this conversation? Because he just said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. My soul realm is the one that's going to determine whether I follow through with this or not. Not my spirit, not my flesh, my soul. Your will is what determines whether you ride this thing out or not. Your will is what determines, do I see God's uh, uh, will accomplished in my life? It's your will. If we line our will with his will, we will see his purpose take place in our lives. Not as I will, but as you will. Now, if you keep going right here in verse 40, watch this. Then he came to the disciples, those same disciples that he said, what? Stay here and watch. 
stay here and watch, stay here and watch. And he found them sleeping. Does that sound like staying here and watching? No. That sounds like going away and looking somewhere else. And he said to Peter, what? Exclamation mark. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Now watch this in verse 41. Watch and pray lest you enter, what's that word? Temptation. Temptation. Temptation is the enemy of your will. Temptation is the enemy of your will. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I started off by saying that we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, flesh. And he mentions two out of three here, or so it seems. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The reason why we don't follow through isn't because our spirit is weak. It's because we haven't trained our will to line up with the Father's will. The spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. And why are we still not seeing the result that we want? Because we haven't aligned our will with the Father's will. When you strengthen your soul... You'll overcome the flesh. Uh, we've got it this way. The power to overcome your will gives you the power to overcome your flesh. The power to overcome your will gives you the power to overcome your flesh. I'll say it again. The power to overcome your will gives you the power to overcome your flesh. Now, see, Jesus had to exercise this in Matthew chapter 4. I mentioned it earlier. He was what? Tempted. He was tempted. Now, Matthew chapter 4 is a, uh, 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 is a shadowing, is, is the full image of what took place in Genesis chapter 3. The same thing that the devil did to Eve in Genesis chapter 3 is the same thing that the devil did to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. It's the same devil and he's working the same way. He only can work through temptation. Watch this. God and the devil, neither one can make you do anything without your permission. Neither God nor the devil can make you do anything without your permission. They have to have your will. God has to have your will to accomplish what he wants. And the devil has to have your will to accomplish what he wants. And if they get your will, they get you. If God can get your will, he gets you. That's why the willing and obedient. He doesn't just want your actions without the heart. He wants the heart. Because if he gets the heart, the action will follow. If you're willing, then you'll obey. See, sometimes we think, well, if I just obey and just do it, I'll become willing. It doesn't work that way. You've got to get it right on the inside, and it'll work itself out 
on the outside. The devil approached Eve in Genesis chapter 3. And her will aligned with what the devil said. And she forgot what God said. But then we get over to Matthew chapter 4. And, and the devil is tempting Jesus. But since Jesus strengthened his will, he didn't give in to temptation. Temptation is the enemy of your will. Temptation comes to divert your will, to cause your will to come out of alignment with God. The devil operates with temptation, but God operates with trust. God will never tempt you with something. He wants your trust. The devil operates with temptation, but God operates with trust. God will never tempt you and try to make something exciting and, ooh, look what I have over here. Look at all. No, he just says, just trust me. Just trust me. The devil has to tempt you to do it. And if your will is weak, you'll fall into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And Jesus, in his greatest moment, had to do what you and I have to do in our greatest moments, in our greatest trials. Align our will. The will is so powerful that you will do things that you don't even want to do because you will to do it. That's how powerful your will is. Jesus' will was so powerful in that moment that he was able to lend himself, give himself, To the greatest struggle, the greatest trial, the greatest tragedy that anyone could ever go through. Not because he wanted to. He's very clear. If you have to make the statement, not as I will, but your will, you're identifying my will is not your will. But if I can put down my will and align it with your will, then I will see your will come to pass in my life. He's identifying there, me and you right now, we don't want the same things. But I will the same thing. Chase, if you'd come up. I don't want the same thing, but I will it. Tonight, we need to get our will in alignment with the Father. I will. I will. The power to overcome your will will give you the power. See, uh, many of us are giving in to the flesh because we haven't strengthened the will. Well, how do I strengthen my will, Pastor Mark? Spirit or flesh? Whichever one is stronger determines your soul. Your spirit can feed your mind, your will, and your emotions, or your flesh can feed your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your spirit can feed what you think on, or your flesh can feed what you think on. Your spirit can feed what, how you feel about something, or your flesh can feed and your spirit can feed your will or your flesh can feed your will but we need to strengthen our will tonight I want to do this everyone stand up we sang a song we opened up with I will follow I will follow Pastor Caleb come on up I want to sing through that a couple more times I want to go through that just a couple more times. 
Because this song is about exactly what we're talking about. I will follow. How do we follow? How do we follow? We follow Jesus by doing what he did. He laid down his will for his father's will. So tonight, tonight on the inside, lay down your will. Lay down your will to see the father's will accomplished in your life. I will follow. I will follow. Come on.